What's it like to share your message with the world through podcasting? What is your method for helping people and making a positive difference in the world? Hi, I'm Shelley Carney, Livecast coach and host of the Messages and Methods podcast. Join me as I share fascinating stories and insights from podcasting women I met at the She Podcast Live conference in Scottsdale, Arizona in October 2021. This series of interviews will provide the foundation of understanding of why women podcast today and how they impact the world through their voice and message. My guest for this conversation is the wonderful Elsie Escobar. She is one of the organizers of She Podcast Live and one of the hosts of She Podcasts, the podcast. And we're really excited to have you here today, Elsie. Welcome. Hi, so glad to be here. I'm so stoked. Yay. Thank you, thank you. So, um, we used the Hoover app to get ready and to attend and enjoy the conference more fully. And I have been taking people's bios from that Hoover app. And I looked at your bio <laughs> and it said, dude. <laughs> so uh, maybe you could elaborate <laughs> on that. Yes, I'm so sorry. I honestly, it's just one of those things where the, the Hoover app was the last thing I signed on to. And then my partner had to create all the things. Mm -hmm. And I think it was her way of saying, hey, you need, to, <laughs> you need to fill out this information. And I totally, obviously completely missed it. Didn't have time. Didn't have time. So I am, uh, I've been podcasting since July 2006. Mm -hmm. So I've been around the block a few years here, like over a decade. So I'm over 15 year veteran in this space. I currently have two podcasts, one of them being She Podcast, which I co-host with the amazing Jessica Kupferman. And I also am the producer and co-host of The Feed, which is the official Lipson podcast. So it's a company podcast that I have been producing since 2013. So She Podcast started in 2014, uh, The Feed in 2013. 13. And uh, my very first podcast was called Elsie's Yoga Class, a very, very just super creative name, as you can hear. Um, and it's I, very clear. That's it's, for sure. It, that's it, absolutely. Clarity's good. And uh, that was uh, launched to July 2006. And I did that show from July 2006 until a, a little bit over 100 episodes. I think that my last episode was in November 2013. 13 for that show specifically. All right. Well, I did attend your yoga class that you uh, right. led. And uh, I have to tell you, I really enjoyed it because you asked us to come up with an intention for the conference. And mine was to be in the moment and uh, not feel overwhelmed and not feel FOMO, you know, fear of missing out because I knew that I couldn't do all the things um, so that I would just you know, whatever did happen would be the right thing to happen. Oh, that's amazing. So that helped me a lot to, oh, uh, to so keep glad. that in mind throughout the conference. Yeah. Yeah. It was like my first time that I had, I, not because I didn't want to, but that uh, teaching yoga for me is 
it's very important and it has a lot of meaning. And I also am, I understand the responsibility that I have as a teacher to take care of those people that come and use their bodies or move in ways that oftentimes might put them in a position of being uncomfortable. And I'm not talking about just um, emotionally, but in precarious positions at times. Mm -hmm. And there are times when I just have to make sure that I hold them and, um, through the audio medium, it's a really weird thing. So Mm -hmm. I felt capable of doing that from 2006 to 2013. But once I became a mom and I had two babies that I needed to take care of, it was by far a more challenging thing because I no longer, it's when you feel depleted. I Mm -hmm. didn't know, I no longer had the energy to, to, to set the intention to take care of people doing my class. Mm -hmm. And I was, and so I decided to step back because I, I didn't feel that I would be able to give the energy it needed to Mm -hmm. continue that. Well, and that's a, uh, you know, a confidence thing that you can be confident in yourself, knowing your limitations and your boundaries. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, so tell our audience, um, about, uh, not just podcasting, but your background. Why did you get into podcasting? What led that? Uh, what was that? Do you know, because it's a very technical thing and you started very early and it was, so it was super technical back then. So what brought you into that space? I am an actor by trade. So I have my MFA in theater. And at the time that podcasting, that I discovered podcasting, I had been in Los Angeles serving tables. Mm -hmm. like most people do, and going on auditions, getting maybe a couple of jobs here and there, but my creative need to be on stage and what I thought I was capable of were not being fulfilled. So, um, I, and I was teaching yoga. And so I had also started to teach yoga. I was doing that stuff. And then I found podcasting and I started to listen to a lot of people putting their shows on. And I was super impressed by these everyday folks that were getting behind the mic doing the thing. And I was like, I can do that too. I can do it. And I thought, I want to do a show. I can do my own show the way that I want to do it. I I don't have to read sides. I don't have to be in a box. I can be who I am. It's just my voice and all this stuff. And I decided I'm going to do, and I crafted a show. Like I had a concept of what I wanted. It was very with lots of segments and music transition. Like I had it all in my brain, right? And content, I thought like I'll build into the content and whatnot. But you know what? I have no idea how to do this technically. So I have to figure it out. What's the easiest way for me to do like I thought, a test show that I would just start recording so that I could figure out the pieces and put them together. And I thought, okay, I am very busy. What am I doing that I can record that's not going to add too much? And at that time, I was teaching about 13 classes, yoga classes a week. And I decided, why don't I just record a yoga class? That would be a pretty easy out because a lot of people had asked me, I want to take you with me. When I go on vacation, they said, I wish you could come with me. And I thought, oh, would be neat if I could just record myself. And so I thought, I'll test it out with this. And that's why the whole creativity around Elsie's yoga class, it was like, I'm not going to spend any time like trying to figure this out. I was like, I'm just going to record my class and that's what it's going to be. I never thought it was going to be a thing. So that's how I figured it out. So it was my test show and it did really, really well. Mm, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, it's funny how 
things that, especially in the acting world, I think uh, the less you care about something, the more likely it is you get it. <laughs> so crazy. Uh, what was it that caused you to um, come up with She Podcast, the podcast? That actually was yet again another idea I had um, when I was living my life. I thought, oh, I wish that I, there was a podcast that was an inner. I thought this was my concept before it became a thing. Uh, interview show where I interview women podcasters because that wasn't around. Um, one of my, my co-hosts for the feed, Rob Walt, who is the VP of podcaster relations at Lipson, had started a show way, he, has, he launched his show, I think in November, 2004, which is called podcast 411. And he had a concept which was like this, but it was every podcaster. And I thought, I want to just focus on women. And I, as I sat with that, uh, the term, the, the words she podcast came into my head. I'm like, oh, that's great. And I just wrote that down. But I'm one of those creative folks that think things and I never execute. I'm not an executor. I'm a thinker. I'm a, I'm a creator. I'm an idea person. And I, you know, in the process of living our lives, I met Jessica Kupferman, which, who is my partner. And she had started this new Facebook group about women who podcast. And during that time in that Facebook group, the women in the group were going, why aren't there any, any podcasts about podcasting from the women's point of view? We need that. We really need to have those women's voices. And I thought, oh my gosh, we need to jump on this. So I said, Would, do you want to do the show with me? And she goes, okay. And I said, I think I have a name. And she goes, you do? And I said, yes, it's She Podcast. And she goes, okay. And then literally within 24 hours, she had a website up. She had the what? She had the URL on. She had the thing. Like she's the, she's the doer mm -hmm. and I'm the thing. And like, and not that she doesn't think it up either. I mean, she's got great ideas, but she would, she did all the things. And we came up with the artwork, the thing. And I executed on the podcast end of things. We got us recording. I edited the show. I produced the show. I did all the things. And then she got all the website stuff, all the branding things. And we just did it Be within like a couple of weeks. We recorded four shows and there it was. All right. Yeah, it, it's very helpful. Uh, Toby and I have that same kind of a complimentary um, relationship where we each have our strengths that mm -hmm. we uh, take care of things and, and then more gets done. That's great. Uh, so what was it that took you from having a podcast to having a live event? That was actually something Jessica from the beginning had wanted to do, even from the reason that the Facebook group actually came about was because we had wonderful experiences at conferences and we got together at conferences and there were, when women get together at a conference, we would go out to dinner and it was very few of us. And we thought, how can we keep this with us? And that's why the Facebook group came up and then it became we continue to attend conferences and we thought there's something missing. And Jess is a really huge fan of, of that feeling of wanting to nurture um, uh, something that was very unique. And she had the concept of She Podcast very, uh, the conference very early on. And I was like, no, like with all my being, stop it. Like energetically a hard no, because I'm not that person. I am not a conference person. I am not a um, no. No, I don't like all the things that conferences have to do. I usually go to do them as a job because I work for Libsyn and I do the booth, but I just, I'm, it's not my thing. 
And so I said, no, 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 for many years. And then there came a point when Jess was going through a huge, there's lots of life things um, happened. And she, and this is absolutely transparent, as a friend, I knew she needed something for herself, to claim for herself, to give her what she needed to be whatever it is that she needed to be. And I thought my desire to not have it happen is not something I could do to a friend. And she needed to make this happen. So I said, she needs this for to survive and as a human. And I said, I'm here for you. You go. And if it works out, it works out. I'm here hundred percent. I'm not like letting her like sink or swim by herself. But I said, you go. And she did the Kickstarter Kickstarter and we wanted $25,000 as a Kickstarter to see if we could, you know, hit our goal. And we hit it 200%. So we made $50,000 that first year in 2019. And it just astounded us because we were very clear we did not want sponsors to buy, to make that happen because we didn't want to have a conference that was like sponsors with mm-hmm. no attendees. So the people who invested or bought that Kickstarter campaign were all attendees. And um, then is when we opened it up to sponsors and whatnot. And that's where it came from. And uh, did you enjoy it then in the end? I Again, kicking <laughs> and streaming the entire time. Um, and I think in the end, I finally, after it was over, it was a, uh, I see why this is important. I felt, I saw the difference. I, it still was incredibly high stress for me, because I've never done it. it. It was like so outside of my comfort zone. I mean, I didn't even know how, how do things happen? Like, I had no idea. How do things like, where do you get the logo? And how does the stage come? I had n- zero hand in any of this stuff. So I was really in a state of panic most of the time because I landed at the hotel and they were like, oh yeah, we, you know, it starts in a couple of days. And I was like, what do you mean? It's, uh, how does that even, who's doing it? <laughs> I know it's me, us, but how is it happening? I didn't know that there's a, I didn't know that there was all the stuff involved. So I was astounded and it was an, probably one of the most emotional experiences I've ever had. And I, I wound up the entire time. But then at the end I was like, okay, well, the, I guess this was really successful. <laughs> well, I just got a message from our mutual friend who says, I hope the conference is great. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Yay. Um, so you... Uh, you and Jess create an event and with you along with all of your speakers uh, and in your tech crew have created a lot of content. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happens with this content? Uh, Does it further your outreach or or what else are you doing with it? Well, you know, it's interesting because this is, I think, one of the very first times that we're really trying to expand what that content does and, and we're more intentional about it. So the first year we did have a virtual ticket or you could get the recordings, but they were... I, I, I don't even know where they're housed. I think that they're like on Vimeo or something like that where people bought it way back in and then they got the recordings. This time we're a little bit more intentional. You could still, what you can do with all those recordings is you sell them, right? So after the conference, then you sell the virtual ticket for a, a limited amount of time. So that's what I believe she's communicated with me. So if you do have a conversation with her and she, then I just, I don't know yet in the way that these things are, but we have the stuff. It's going to be recorded. We're going to, I believe, continue selling the virtual ticket for a couple of weeks. And we are going to get all of the, all of the sessions were recorded. Um, at least 
some of them in, in video, some of them only in audio, and we're going to package them all up. And then if somebody buys the virtual ticket, they'll get all of that stuff. After a certain amount of time, I'm not quite sure what that is. It could be a couple weeks. Um, we are going to transfer all of that into our membership. So mm-hmm. we'll have a membership where it's She Podcasts, the membership. So you're either a member of She Podcasts and you get all this access or you're not. And when I say that, it doesn't mean that you're, because our Facebook group right, currently has over 20,000 people in it and they're all female identifying. Um, and they're all podcasters. So we do not let folks that go into our group that are business owners, which is a little bit unlike the other podcast groups out there. So we don't have, like if you have a, like an editing business or a microphone business, you are not allowed in unless you have a podcast. So every person in there has a podcast or is looking to create a podcast. And so that's over 20,000 folks. And, um, and so you're either going to be participating nicely in this free group that you can just do the things. But if you want a little more, you get all of these things. If you are a member of She Podcasts, whatever that might be, you get, you know, X amount off of tickets. You get access to new stuff that comes out right away. You get like just all the extra bonus features Mm -hmm. that come from whatever a membership is. Sounds like a great membership to be in. Yes. Yeah. And what do you hope that uh, your members will come away with uh, once they have access to all of these talks and videos and the membership perks that you're providing? Yeah. I think that part of it is the ability to like be able to sift through all the noise because in a lot of Facebook groups, you do get a lot of information and sometimes you get very overwhelmed with solutions to problems or you get a lot of... Unfortunately, even though we really try this not to be a thing in our group, you get sold to all the time Mm. where somebody goes like, I'm looking for, I mean, if somebody's going, I need a graphic designer, that's a different type of a question, right? We want people to go like, I'm a graphic designer and make connections and sell Mm -hmm. your services. That's great. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's going, how do I grow my show? I'd rather get an answer that is hey, this is what we've done, or this is what we've done, or like experiential kind of like, what's your shit? Like have a conversation versus I do that for my business. I've been working with clients for like, we don't want that. We want people to, that's what we want from the group. So the membership would essentially have access to, if, if you say, how do I grow my group? We have all of these like courses or a talk or a PDF or a Q&A where we are focusing on that. So you can just go listen to it, watch it, download the ebook, download the PDF, attend the live webinar. Like all of those things are going to be accessible to you and we will be vetting that information as something that is that we will say like, this is great. This is, this is good stuff right? Mm -hmm. Not necessarily knowing who the people are so we can vet what goes in there. And also connections because a lot of people are looking for um, networking things or like they're, they are looking for businesses. And so we're like one of those things where we want to vet the businesses that are in there in the directory so that folks can go like, oh, you're looking for an editor. Here's here, you know, here's a list. You go here. So you don't have to continue doing the back and forth with all of the things. Mm -hmm. Uh, what is the, what do you believe is the single most important message that came out of this conference this weekend? 
I think part of it is the necessity of connection for us um, was really poignant. Obviously, we've been living at the time of this recording, at least, in a time where we essentially all went into our little houses and we didn't really connect with other human beings for quite a long time. And it's, I mean, it's, um, you know, at least 18 months plus for many of us. And so there was this, um, I don't know, you know, with She Podcast Live, obviously that did play a big part, but the understanding of like-minded and like-hearted people coming together and really supporting each other, I did feel that there were a lot of folks who were really tired, um, very on the brink of giving up. Um, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And it's not to say that there isn't a time and a place for you to stop. Because I think I'm really a big believer of when it's over, it's over and you move on. Like there's, that's just the way it is. But what I feel was missing was that um, just the, the ability to know that it's not you, that maybe we just needed a little infusion of connecting you as to why you were doing it. Because it's not easy to have to do all of these things by yourself, like just by yourself in your house. And it's hard and your audience you don't see them they don't Mm -hmm. respond to you and so it's tough so I think that that togetherness was really a huge part the community aspect of it Mm -hmm. you did a talk uh yesterday morning Mm -hmm. you brought up not to judge your your performance and your success on one metric metric so can you get into that a little bit for our audience because I found that uh really helpful Yes, it's um, in the podcasting space. We do have a uh, a metric that folks often live and die by, and that is the download in it or a listen, right? Because they have different names, and there are some technicalities that are differently d- different for what is a download, what is a listen, and you know what is a subscriber. Like all of those things, sometimes are interchangeable. So I'm not going to get here and get very specific as to what all these things are. But what's really unfortunate is that folks believe that when they see the metrics within a hosting, a podcast hosting platform, whether it's named a listen or a download, it automatically means that's your audience. And that really is not the case. It's a technical term that we have somehow deemed as a reflective of what audience is, which you can make um you can make uh, informed decisions based on the number that you're seeing around what your audience could be, but it's not a one for the other. So it, the download does not automatically equal a human being. And folks somehow put that on top of it. And they seem to say like, if I have 10 downloads, I have 10 people listening. That's not the case. And unfortunately, sometimes it's really maybe one person because maybe two or three people just press the, you know, cause it's one second to the whole episode is a download. Mm. So if somebody made a mistake and tapped on a link that they didn't mean to tack on, sometimes that's counted as a download depending upon what the platform is. So that's really not a listener. And and we think that that is the case. And I just brought to the, to the table the idea of um, what else do we do where we judge ourselves based on one metric and one metric only. And I brought the, out the idea around weight, about being judged on a weight, waiting and, and, and being tall or how many kids you have or whether you're not you're married or, you know, all of that stuff, um, which oftentimes we don't judge a person by the one metric. 
Right. And and you also brought out that uh, the number is not what makes you successful. No, it's not. It is those connections. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for Elsie's yoga class, I had a couple of people who emailed me years after the fact mm-hmm. who said that I saved their life. And they, when they would email me back, they would email me like pages of emails and they gave me their whole life story. When I started to listen to you, I was going through and they, they paint it out and then you finish and you're like, wow. I had a person who took me to her wedding in Hawaii and said I was going to get married and I needed to connect and I put your podcast out and they would flay it out and you're just like, wow. And then, yeah, some folks who would listen to my show without at my yoga classes without doing the class, they would just listen to connect because it would get them through things. Hmm. And to me, that's so impactful. So impactful. Yeah. And it's great that they gave you that feedback so that you knew that you had made a difference. And I think that sometimes just carries us through and so many other things. In your opinion, why is it important for women to participate in podcasting? Because we do have a tendency to not speak up a lot of the time in society. There's a or or be judged for when we do. So mm-hmm. it's either you don't or it's too much. She's too much. She's just make her quiet. And I think part of it is that there is a lot of layers to women's voices. And I'm talking about the actual voice where we often are as a complete society. And I'm not talking just men. I'm talking the, all of us. We are not used to listening to women's voices in a way that we feel comfortable. And a lot of the time we tend to gravitate or give, um, or, or, or like even for a, a male voice makes you feel more comfortable maybe sometimes or like it depends on where they're being used. Like maybe like on an airplane, it's a women's voice in the recording versus a man's voice. But whenever it's like a powerful something or other, it tends to be a man's voice that introduces whatever the concept is or talks through stuff. If you want to really connect with the people and make them really like in customer service, you always have a woman talking like this, right? (laughs) And so we gender how we deal with folks. And I think podcasting gives women's voices the diversity that they deserve or that they are so that we can also let go of our own internal biases whenever we hear a woman's voice speak because we are immediately judgmental and not only just men, women are also very judgmental about other women's voices. Why does she talk like that? Why does she do this? Like, why is her voice so high or she stops to need? So it's part of it is because we don't hear them as much. So I feel the more we get behind the mic, the more we can continue to speak, the better we are at uh, conveying who we are and the better we can just allow other folks to get used to hearing women speak as a whole. Mm-hmm. And it becomes part of the norm then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In what way has this event, the She Podcast Live event, made your life better, enriched you? Oh, my goodness. I think part of it is it is a huge endeavor. Trust is huge uh, Mm -hmm. to um, do something so big. And also how much of responsibility you have to take care of people so that they stay connected and I think one of the things that I do feel uh, we do well, and it's something that I excel in and I will take, you know, responsibility for that, is that leadership needs to be mirrored and you have to live who you are. You have to live by the path that you set. And 
in that clarity, you communicate that energy to those that are part of the team and that you partner with. And that's the largest intention to move through. And in doing a large event like this, having leaders at the top that are mirroring or reflecting a way of being that is solid and, and clear to those that are in the space can allow and and really infuse the entire experience for the other people because it's not that we did it all it's that you tuned in to whatever that is and then folks fall in and they they also continue to uplift each other from that um, depth and of clarity when we do that let's talk about the future what's in the future for you and she podcasts and and future she podcast live events she podcast will continue doing what it's doing at this point. You know, our podcast will continue. It's very lighthearted. It's very nice to just kind of play along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nothing like light changing. It's really just the way that Jessica and I talk with each other and hash out through things. And occasionally we're very insightful and wise. Um, and then, um, then, uh, and the she podcast group will continue. We'll have our membership so that you can either join or not and get access to all the things. And she podcast live from now. It seems like it's going to be happening in May twenty thirteen. So twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty three. We're gonna I, go back in time. We're gonna go back and die. <laughs> we're gonna be getting no. Sorry, twenty twenty three. May twenty twenty three, and that's where we're going to hopefully be uh, moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I hear it's probably going to be on the East Coast at that point. That's what Jess says. On the next one. Yeah. Well, it's good to, to move it around so that people, you know, I mean, we drove. Oh, we, right. we just drove from New Mexico. So oh, that's easy. Fa- for oh, us. y'all were so close. Yeah. Oh, Whereas you had to go all the way across the country. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Totally. <laughs> yes. So we'll make it more uh, equitable when you move it around like that. Um, if you were speaking to a room full of aspiring women podcasters, which you do all the time, what would you say to them? Oh my goodness. I, part of it is, you know, now, as of now, it's about knowing, giving folks permission to know when it's time to stop, Hmm. that they don't have to continue if they don't want to, and to not feel any shame or judgment around that. Because um, one of the largest things that I've been thinking about when it comes to podcasting is, you know, when I started, I was um, 35. I'm almost 50 now. I'm a different woman than I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, The reason I continue to podcast is because I love it. Like I can't not do it. Right. But then not everybody's like me. And I believe that we all go through phases. And if you start a show that's about X and you continue doing it and you're no longer X, it's just not doing it for you. You don't have to keep doing it. And I think what ha- tends to happen is you, there's a lot of folks who actually have quite a bit of success with their shows and they do really well and they are, have a lot of you know downloads. They have a lot of feedback. People love what they're doing, but they no longer, their heart's not in it and they don't want to let it go because it's, it's successful, mm-hmm. end quote. Mm-hmm. You don't have to keep doing this. Why would you want to continue to replicate something that you were years behind? Unless you're moving forward with it. So allowing yourself to know when it's over is great. And then that you can do it again. You can absolutely start over something new. It's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else that you can... um... You can say to uh, women who are not yet podcasting but are thinking about it. 
Oh gosh, this is a tough one. Number one, there's always a place for you. You can always start and you can always start recording. Uh, number two, sometimes the act of podcasting is as powerful as anything else, meaning just you getting behind the microphone and speaking into the mic can have significant effects in you, on you and your business and your sense of self and your, uh, just your ability to be better at being you without anything else. You might not even publish an episode, but just the act of getting it done. Mm -hmm. Um, and then lastly is that, um, you know, part of stepping into podcasting is to understand that there's going to be a lot of work involved. There is no, you turn on the light and boom, you have all the things. It really is. You got to love it to do it. It's not an easy process. And I, I don't really ever want to lead with this too much, but it's, it's not easy. Um, it is, uh, very rewarding, very full, very complex, very fulfilling, but it's not an easy process to do it. Sounds like being a mom. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And most people, you know, it's so funny. Most people kind of en enter it in w with like that, mm -hmm. like I have this, yay. Okay. Now how do I make it go? <laughs> how do I keep it going? And so it, it, it's essentially that. You're always learning. I'm always learning about podcasting. Well, that's amazing because you've been doing it forever. So right. <laughs> since it was invented. Uh, so let, tell me, uh, where can people find and connect with you? Well, she podcasts, of course, shepodcast.com. We have all of the things there. You can join the Facebook group over at, you know, shepodcast.com slash group slash shepodcast. It's free. You can absolutely join, um, do all of those things. I'm also the community manager over at Libsyn. So if you follow us on social, at least at this moment in time, I am I curate a lot of the information that goes through those feeds. And I also produce that. Uh, show, which is about podcasting, keeping you podcasting, of course. And you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm primarily active on Twitter, really, at the Elsie Escobar. All right. Well, thank you so much to, for being with us today, Elsie. We really appreciate your time and your knowledge and uh, all your great energy that you share with us. Oh, thank you. I so appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you for joining us for the Messages and Methods She Podcast Conference interview series with Shelley Carney, produced by Toby Eunice. Please subscribe, leave a great review, and look for our compilation book on Amazon soon. Share our podcast with your family and friends and discover how you can become a fabulous podcaster at agkmedia.studio or join our Facebook group, Leveraging Your Content. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please enjoy all our wonderful podcast episodes.